Hello lovely people. I want to talk to you about limiting beliefs today. Limiting beliefs and third culture kids. And the reason this is on my mind is because if my client work is anything to go by, it's on a lot of your minds. Limiting beliefs is a phrase that has become increasingly kind of buzzy. A lot more of us are thinking about them. Essentially, if you haven't come across this term before, what a limiting belief is, is it's a fixed, closed statement about how the world works or how you work. It isn't a statement of faith. It's not belief in that sense. It's an understanding of reality that is fixed and limited. And crucially, limits our ability to perceive data that would suggest that maybe life or us, ourselves, are actually other than what our belief so far suggests. So if you do a quick Google search on limiting beliefs, um, very common ones that show up are statements like, I'm too old. I'm not pretty enough, I'm no good at maths, I can't dance, people don't like me, people only like me if I am useful to them. They can be very conditional phrases but ultimately they are very boundaried. Boundaries we often talk about as being a very good thing but these beliefs boundary us so fixedly that, for example, if I encounter somebody in a relationship who has decided I am pretty enough, moreover, the prettiest thing they've ever encountered, and they keep telling me that, I'm likely to experience a great deal of discomfort and distrust because I'm going to perceive their statements and their behaviour as an anomaly rather than a rule that can be counted on. They're pushing up against my fixed belief that I'm not pretty enough. And we are so attached to familiar psychological safety that very often we can find ourselves pushing people or experiences away that push up against our limiting beliefs. I possibly have shared this before, but one interesting and very uncomfortable experience I have had in terms of doing my life story therapy work, um, setting it up in 2015, creating this vision and then seeing it act out, seeing it come through, seeing it embraced and taken up by so many other people who see what I see, who see the need that I see. Every time I encounter that affirmation in another that, yes, this is an issue that matters and, yes, we want to work with you, that bumps up against a limiting belief in me that I am so out there, that I see the world in such a different kind of a way that other people just don't get me, that other people won't see the worth in what I see as worthy. So you end up with this very strange experience that the more successful you find yourself, 
the more insecure you are as well. Because the things that I am believing about the world around me and what the world around me thinks of me and how they will experience me and how they will accept me is being argued with. I'm somehow more comfortable with lack of success, with rejection, with struggle. And that's a really important thing to notice because we can so easily interpret that bubbling discomfort as an indication we're doing something wrong. It's very easy for me, for instance, to interpret that as an indication that I'm out of my depth. That I'm secretly completely incompetent and I've just somehow managed to fool everybody into thinking I know what I'm talking about. How limiting is that? That kind of sensation, that kind of determined belief in my own limitations and in a world that will reject me is very likely to clip my wings, to make me hesitant to the point of lack of usefulness in terms of reaching out and being present and trying to increase visibility of my services to the third culture kids that want it, that get it, that need it. These limited beliefs are powerful. They have a massive amount of impact. They affect our choices and they affect the way we feel about our choices. So these are not particular experiences of TCKs. TCKs and non-TCKs encounter these in equal measure. But what I do want to invite you to consider today is the particular intersection of the development of limiting beliefs and your TCK experience. What experiences are particular to you and your life of mobility that has lended you some limiting beliefs? So common ones that show up for me as I work with my clients and in my own life as well, let's be honest, I'm a third culture kid too. Beliefs such as no one stays. That's a big one. No one stays. Because while as TCKs we're often the ones who move, other people do too in our communities. And when we find ourselves leaving beloved friends, beloved pets, beloved extended family, repeatedly, our experience is less that we are abandoning them, but that they've left us. I don't know how many of you have experienced this, but there's often an initial attempt to stay in touch with people. But life goes on and it is hard to maintain intimate contact across continents when there's no guarantee of physical togetherness in the future. Lives diverge and that sense of being left is real. But the impact of this belief? We have real data that supports our sense that no one stays, but we begin to filter our experience of the world through that belief. And that can be very constraining. 
If, for instance, I'm operating off a limiting belief that no one stays, how much incentive do I have? How much motivation is in me to invest in the people around me and the relationships around me? If I'm honest, not a great deal. A lot of my social investment can stay on a pretty superficial level if I'm not aware of what I'm doing. And then what happens if we keep people at arm's length for five, ten years? Well, they'll probably drift away from us and bam, we've got more data. See, no one stays. Except this time, there's an opportunity to notice where we are perpetuating data. Where are we creating the data that no one stays? But equally, in life, we do have experiences of abandonment in our relationships And they can be felt so much more keenly if we have not processed the grief of all of those instances in our past. If we don't understand where our limiting belief comes from, it comes back to whack us around the head regularly in our present day life and inhibits our future. It limits our future. Another very common one for us is no one understands me. Again, we have data for this. We all recognise the glazed look and the almost physical recoiling that sometimes happens when we manage to express a portion of our experience that is completely alien to the person we're speaking with. No one understands me is a real feeling. But when it becomes a limiting belief, when I start to engage in all of my interactions from the premise that no one understands me? What happens? In fact, there's a bit of a nuance here, isn't there? Because it's not just that I believe no one understands me, it's that I believe no one understands me and that they don't want to. That's probably a really important addendum. Because if I believe that their current experience of not understanding me is an indicator that they never will be interested in understanding me, I'm not going to bother. I'm going to become increasingly alienated and isolated and protective of those very real wounds. Another one that can happen is I don't belong. This one's very like the previous. If I walk around believing that I don't belong, based on all of my past experiences of not belonging, this belief is also very limiting. While pragmatism and genuine understanding of the communities around us and where we really easily fit and where we don't really easily fit, that's all very understandable and quite socially effective. But if I hold tight to a belief that I don't belong and never will, then we've got a problem. (laughs) Sorry, that's my phone going off. Then we've got a problem because if I believe I don't belong, and again, there's a hidden clause here, isn't there? And nobody wants me. Then again, what social risk taking am I going to willingly engage with to actually create belonging? 
What connections am I going to offer with other people if I'm expecting the slap in the face of, nope, not here, you do not belong here. These limiting beliefs are so potent. Another really powerful one that I'm encountering is, I can't make things happen, or I can't make things change. And again, this was a very real reality. Is that a phrase? Real reality? That's a bit superfluous. It was our reality as children that changes what happened to us. When we reflect about the experiences of our non-TCK peers, there are adults who as children could, for instance, decide that they were interested in learning to play an instrument and they petition their parents and their parents provide the tuition and bang, investment and time and energy and they can now play that instrument. Conversely, for a lot of TCKs, what might happen is they might begin that process and then bang, they've moved to another place where, frankly, their energy was busier employed in helping them settle in than finding a new trumpet teacher. Or perhaps there just wasn't anybody around who could help them continue that skill set. They'd started somewhere else. There's this truncation of experience, this return to ground zero that a lot of us experience just enough times to make us feel pretty powerless in being able to set a plan, enact a plan, and feel the fruit of that plan. So what do we do with these beliefs? How do we change them? I think the first massive question is, do I want to change them? And getting really honest with ourselves. If I change my belief that no one stays, I might have to actually face commitment in these relationships. They're going to stick around if I contribute to making them stick around. Am I ready for that? Have I chosen relationships that I actually want long-term commitment to? Because that's another one, right? If we're operating off a short-term framework, then we can easily end up with friendships and relationships that we could give or take. If I really want to change that limiting belief that no one stays, then I have to deal with a reality where people stay. Am I ready for that? If I want to change a limiting belief that no one understands me, am I ready for a reality in which I have intimacy? Where I share of myself so that they can understand me? If I want to change a limiting belief that I don't belong, am I ready for what that entails to belong? The accountability, the constancy, the continued investment. Do I want that, really? And if I'm going to change a limiting belief that I can't make things happen or change, am I ready to actually put in that constancy of time and effort and investment to carrying out longer-term projects? Those are really big questions, and it is absolutely useless to tackle limiting beliefs without really establishing how much we want to tackle them. And if after all that consideration, you've decided that you do want to change them, 
then we tap into the power of words and intention. Affirmations is another buzzy word that's going around, but if you dig down into it, what they are are statements of faith and will. So no one stays becomes people stay. So no one understands me becomes people care and understand about me. I can help people understand me. There are all sorts of iterations of this, but these are powerful reverse phrases. I can't make things happen or change. I have things I want to change and I can make that happen. They're statements of a new reality, of beliefs we want but don't quite yet hold. And then we choose to behave as if those new statements are already true. Every encounter I have with a friend needs to be now predicated on the assumption that they're sticking around. My behaviour shift may be very subtle. It might not actually look very different to the friend I'm sitting in front of. But perhaps now, instead of waiting for them to always initiate the next coffee date, maybe I do it. What subtle shifts in behaviour are we letting ourselves in for if we want to change our limiting beliefs, if we want to break out of them? If I want to behave as though I believe I can have impact, I need to start reflecting on what kind of impact I want to have. Whoa, that's a big question. What impact do I want? Right. Now make a plan as if you can make it happen. This is big and this is why people come to therapy. <laughs> because this is brain surgery. You are rewiring your mind. And it's scary. Because when we challenge that limiting belief, our mind can go a little bit, well, annoyed with us, frightened. Get back in your box. Get back to the safety of those hard boundaries and fixed statements about the world. When we start to write down what we want and make a plan to make that happen, we can be hit by all sorts of emotional kickback. What are you doing? can't say that you want things you'll never get it and then you'll just look stupid what a waste of energy it's not going to happen i know says the mind i'll flood you with feelings of overwhelm and then you'll be paralyzed and rocking in a corner and go back to whatever distracting coping mechanisms you were using to stay away from these edges of your beliefs this is big stuff but it's exciting this is where growth is found. This is where power is found. This is where you become author of your story. If you were to visualize yourself as a character in your story, what beliefs is your character holding about his or her own life? What, what operating statements are they using to navigate the world they're in? What are their limits? What limits have you put on them? And which ones 
do you want to break? Maybe take some time to sit and just have a bit of a journal about this. Think about if you want to change them. 